This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. This is Raise Your Game. I'm Christine Wong. They say perception is reality. So how do you manage people's perceptions of you? And how does that help you in both your personal and professional lives? I have image brand strategist Elizabeth Hoare on the line to give us some insights into the power of image branding. My name is Elizabeth Hoare. I'm your first impression expert. I have been an image branding strategist for the past seven years. And uh, I'm also a private coach to two Hollywood celebrities and many organizations here in Malaysia and Singapore as well. And uh, a lot of people ask me, how do I do it? I actually tap into the subconscious power of human perception, psychology of style, and also using the psychology of colors to to create a powerful impression of your image. Fantastic. All right. I think let's just start with the easy uh, definition first. Well, not easy, but the basic (laughs) definition. So tell me, what actually is image branding? Well, this is one very frequent questions that I've been asked, what is the difference between uh, image branding and personal branding? Because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of so much, you know, uh, uh, hoo-ha about personal branding, but uh, very uh, little being understood about the difference between personal branding and image branding. Well, I just have to say this, that it is absolutely two different things. Mm when it comes to image branding and personal branding. However, as an image branding consultant, I work with these two components in tandem and they usually bring out an amazing result. With that being said, let me go deeper and share with you on how the game is being played, all right? Mm -hmm. Now, first and foremost, an image is what people see. Mm. So here we are dealing with visual perception. And of course, the most obvious visual element you see is when I meet you, whether it's face-to-face or or on virtual, is is you. You as the outward manifestation of a person in a way of how you look. You know, when we say how you look, we are not just talking about the way you dress, the way you talk, the way you walk, even though all these elements are very important, you know, your posture, your presence, uh, but also understanding your body features because that is how you look. Like, you know, your body lines, do you have more uh, straight lines or curved lines or perhaps angular lines on your face, on your body? Uh, How we look at bone structures as well, because knowing how to harmonize your body features will also determine how people perceive you. So this is image. That means visual when people uh, lock eyes on, on, you know, your appearance and your look. Hmm. That's so interesting because that's, again, something that you mentioned. It's not something people really think about or that they're necessarily aware of on a conscious level. This is all stuff that you, I guess, are processing subconsciously, but it's still really important to be aware of and have an idea of how to maybe uh, control that for yourself. Yes, that's so important because until and unless you understand how our subconscious mind plays when it comes to bias perception or judgment, then basically you you are giving that first impression, the power of first impression in the hands of other people. Mm. So if we take an active step and understand how all this subconscious thing, you know, being played, then you will be able to have more control in your hand. Mm. Right. So so that that is image branding. On the other hand, Personal branding is what I would call an intentional depiction of your strength, 
passion, values, what you're good at, you know, how you market yourself, the way you build your brand reputation. So that is more on the skill set. Mm. So if you if you were to put image branding and personal branding side by side, you realize that image branding is a strategy of creating an positive and powerful visual impression, I repeat this, visual impression of an individual through the psychology of style, colors, garments, you know, patterns, and personal branding is also another strategy of creating a perception of an individual based on your experience, uh, expertise, competencies, you know, and how you bring yourself and create visibility in the marketplace. Hmm. So uh, just to recap, image branding is the visual and Personal branding is more about who you are, what you do. Yes, correct. Image branding is more on uh, the subconscious and then personal branding is more on the conscious level. Mm -hmm. So now if you understand how this tool is being played, don't you think that it is more important to first look at the subconscious perception rather than, you know, the conscious perception? Because a lot of people put it, fake it to you, make it yes. On the conscious level, you can fake it to you, make it. But the subconscious uh, perception very difficult to fake it to your make it because people sense and people see and people create their biased uh, decision of uh, their impression of you. Mm-hmm. So, okay, a bit of a uh, wide question here, but tell mm-hmm. me what exactly is it that you can glean uh, from someone with a first impression? You know, you mentioned all these subconscious cues. Take me through, you know, th- that process. So if you want to understand the 55, 38, and 7% rule uh, in the elements of communication. This is a Professor Albert Maribian uh, study on the elements of uh, first impression. You will realize 55% is how people perceive you is actually from your appearance and your gesture. Now, 38% is from your tone of voice and surprisingly, 7%, only 7% is from your verbal communication. So that is to say, when we, when we talk about first impression, 93% of how people perceive you and understood you, even though there's a lot of things that you can talk about you, but 93% is mostly nonverbal. Mm-hmm. That means what they see through your appearance, your gesture, your feel you through your tone of voice. So if you can understand that, then you need to look at the non-verbal communication of who you are. So image branding and or first impression is actually a non-verbal communication of who you are. Mm. And why is it so important to nail it fast and accurate is that first impression is formed within the first seven seconds when people first met you. Mm. So, you know, with a first impression, right, what are, I guess, the subconscious elements that people are looking at that they may not even be aware of? So when it comes to first impression, of course, you know, the, your look. And when I talk about look, I, I cannot not bring this phenomenon of hello effect. Now, hello effect is a well-documented social psychology phenomenon that causes people to be biased in their impression, formation or judgment whereby the general evaluation of an individual's attributes is based on the evaluation of one single attribute. Hmm. And very often, it is through aesthetic appearance. For example, a stranger who looks good is also perceived as more intelligent or smarter. Now, in the same way, very surprisingly, you know, one study shows that someone who has a broader shoulder and, and who is 
uh, told are perceived as more trustworthy. So this is halo effect. And people look at aesthetic appearance, right? Mm. So now when we talk about uh, looking good, you know, having broad shoulders, being tall, basically we are born with that, Mm. right? So you can actually tell me now, I'm born with a certain features and I can't, can't, can't change about it. So does that mean that, you know, uh, the impression that I give is already fixed? Now, image branding, this is where image branding comes in. Understanding your body feature and know how to harmonize using the psychology of style patterns and, and colors. Hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So is it, my question is always this when I, 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 I you know, meet with my clients. Is attractive always trustworthy? No, right? Mm. I mean, you know, does does your good aesthetic actually define your skills and intelligence? Very often we see that's not the case. But now within that seven second window of first impression formation, we subconsciously make judgment already. Mm. Right? So sometimes it's not within our control. Mm-hmm. Remember I mentioned just now about visual impression about, you know, the, the body feature. This happens often in movies. So if you can understand how subconsciously we are wired or brain brainwashed in a certain ways by mm-hmm. our culture, by by media, is it in movies? We have heroes, heroine, you know, the protagonists and the villains. Mm-hmm. Now tell me how the, atta- uh, the 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 hero and heroines often look like. Mm. I mean, actually, just uh, to uh, elaborate on that point, I read somewhere that, uh, especially when it comes to animation, right, uh, a lot of villains tend to be drawn with very sharp angular lines. Exactly. They, yeah, right. They tend to, and then you know, the heroes have a lot of uh, kind of rounder, softer features. They've got big eyes, or they're based on people that are already societally deemed, you know, uh, aesthetically uh, attractive. And and there's this whole uh, psychology behind the fact that you know we find round things cute as well. For example, right. So there's this, yes. There really is a subconscious element there. That is where that there's is definitely, it's, it's yeah. coded, I mean, right? It, yeah, it goes it goes way back, back into our childhood. The the cartoons and mm-hmm. the you know the the cartoons that we watch. Say for example, you look at uh, Cinderella. Mm-hmm. Her features, like what you mentioned, her features are more rounded, are more you know uh, less intimidating. Mm-hmm. Where else, when you look at the stepmother and the stepsisters, are very sharp you know, uh, sharp body, uh, uh, bone features Mm -hmm. and the eyes and the eyebrows are diagonal, very, a lot of straight lines rather than curved lines, you see. So this has been seeped into our subconscious mind and we grow up having that, Mm. that, you know, uh, pre-wired kind of like judgment. Mm -hmm. So it is no wonder you know, sometimes when we meet a stranger and automatically we feel that, oh, this guy or this girl is not really trustworthy and I do not want to partner or JV uh, or, or, or do business with this person. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. So that, that is the issue, the big issue here. So when we're talking about image management, we need to know how to harmonize, say, for example, some you know negative traits that we have, that we are bored with it and using... The, the psychology behind how to soften certain angle, how to, you know, or, or highlight certain angles that will bring us more ROI, say, for example. Fantastic. All right. We're going to take a short break. But after that, Elizabeth Hoy will be on the line with me to explain a little bit about how you can adapt and how you can take on some of the principles of image branding. So do stay tuned to raise your game here on BFM 89.9. 
bold, fearless Malaysia. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. To raise your game, I'm Christine Wong, and on the line with me today is Elizabeth Hoare. She is an image brand strategist, uh, as well as a certified image and color consultant, as well as a coach to uh, celebrities in Hollywood as well. And she's the founder and CEO of Elizabeth Image Branding as well. And before the break, we talked about what image branding is and how it is different from personal branding. Uh, but now I want to get, start to get into a little bit about the hows, right? So first of all, um, the pandemic has happened. I think we're all very clear about that, how that's been a thing for all of us. Um, yes. But a lot of that has made, uh, has paved the way for less face-to-face interaction or less meeting with people in real life. I mean, to what extent, you know, does image branding play a part here? How does that factor in? Yeah, recently I've also been approached by many companies requesting for this work-from-home impression management training. Mm. Now, due to the notion that it is everyone is working from home, many employees tend to exhibit at-home, quote-unquote, at-home behavior as well. Mm. Now, let me get right down to the bottom line here. Whether we are working from home or working from an office, I, I want to challenge you with this question. What is your goal in doing what you're doing? Mm-hmm. Right. So if you're working, there is a certain, certain goal that you want to achieve. So ask yourself, what is the goal that I want to achieve? Say, for example, I'm meeting my boss, whether it's face to face, having a meeting on a Zoom. What is the intention? Because when we talk about image branding, everything is about intentional dressing. Mm. Right. So what do you want to achieve? Say you're meeting with some clients over Zoom or even leading a departmental meeting. What is the intention? So if your intention is clear, then I'm sure because just now we mentioned that your image is actually a non-verbal communication of who you are. Mm-hmm. And then, then you will know what specific message you want to convey in the particular meeting. Mm-hmm. Right? So mm-hmm. if you understand what is the specific message, then you convey, you, you, you convert those messages into practical steps of now I know what color psychology to use to achieve what I want to achieve. I know what uh, uh, patterns or structures or say, for example, the choice of my fabric. Say, for example, Christine, um, a blazer is not just a blazer. It, a blazer has many ways of communicating your intention. Mm. A structured and firm blazer for a lady, say for example, if you hang it up without wearing it yet, if you hang it up, if you hang your blazer or your coat or your jacket up and it has form, it has structures, that what, what, what kind of message does it convey versus a blazer or a cardigan that is soft and flowy? Mm. Both also serve the same purpose of an outer wear. But a firm and structured blazer gives the impression of professionalism, of you know, credibility, of certain power and authority. And then you top it up with certain color psychology. It basically hit the nail of conveying a certain powerful message of who you are. Mm. Right. Versus say for that day, if I'm just um, meeting some friends and I don't need to be too authoritative, then I know how to choose a more, you know, less structure and less hard uh, fabric uh, uh, outerwear. Mm. I guess it's all about, you know, trying to understand. Um, I don't know if this is the right word, but what 
is the most, I guess, appropriate, you know, image that you want to uh, achieve for what you're about to do. So, for example, with the the blazer cardigan uh, dichotomy that you just mentioned, you know, if you are going to lead a board meeting, you're not going to wear a cardigan because you want to project, like you said, you know, that image of, you know, you're in charge and you know what you're talking about. And that is something that will communicate that subconsciously. But if you're having a meeting or a conversation with, let's say, like an employee that's maybe having some some uh, troubles at work or some mental health issues and you want to just sit down and talk with them and have an empathetic conversation, maybe you'll put on the cardigan to convey something more gentle and less, uh, you know, uh, fierce or firm, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I think you, you got my point there. So now a lot of people will know, basically, it's, it's, it's common sense to know that, okay, when do I use a coat? When do I wear a cardigan right. and, uh, 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 you know, a blazer for that matter? Mm-hmm. But more importantly is understanding the psychology behind, not recognizing what to use for what event, but understanding the psychology behind that structure, behind the color, say, for example, um, color contrast, mm-hmm. right? I can, I can use this example of color contrast. A high color contrast combination garment, say, for example, you are wearing a white uh, blouse inside with a uh, uh, high-intensity navy blue uh, blazer on the outside. So the color contrast is very high. And then you realize that whenever there is a high contrast color being used, there's a certain certain authority, just certain dominance being being conveyed mm. versus uh, a low or a medium or a low color contrast being used. Say, for example, you are you are wearing a cardigan, uh, skin color cardigan, mm-hmm. a beige color cardigan that is very clear, very near to your skin color, and you realize that it is very soft very, you know, friendly approach of, you know, your image. Mm. So understanding when to use this is very powerful and very Mm. important as well. Mm. And also, you know, uh, I mean, I know that we're talking primarily about visuals here, but um, can you also apply the same principles to, you know, not just your own visuals in terms of the way that you dress or the colors that you wear on your person, but, you know, in this digital space, it could even be stuff like, you know, how, for example, you've designed um, the aesthetics of your Instagram grid, for example, I would imagine that would be something that you could apply that to, or uh, perhaps, you uh, uh, when you're on a call, you know, what's in your background or what's, uh, you know, even the way that your profile picture is set up, that could also be where this could be applied, right? Definitely, definitely. Say, for example, you know, your slide, the psychology of, of your slide, the, 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 all the, you know, marketing collaterals that you shared on the social media, mm-hmm. um, it also conveys a certain personality about this particular person, mm. this particular brand. Say, for example, you know, because of my past and my experience, I've grown to be a very uh, determined and focused and strong, you know, kind of like hard-headed uh, lady. Mm-hmm. So automatically, uh, to to convey the message of my identity, I will use high contrast colors in my marketing collaterals. I will use, you know, angular, not soft, not cursive fonts in my design as well. Hmm. So this applies. You see, image branding has to be congruent with your identity. And this is where I actually design the five strategies of effective and sustainable image branding, where I use, uh, you know, the six-piece strategy of recognizing your past and your breakthrough, the second piece, power, and your purpose, 
and then you know uh, align it with your uh, uh, positioning, your brand positioning, and also the people that you want to reach out for. So all this strategy has to be aligned, mm. and it always boils down to who you are. Mm, interesting. So, just, just take me through that uh, six P's again. Uh, remind me again what what those six P's are. So the first P is your past, mm. right? People want to be inspired by your story. People want to know why you do what you do. They want to know your story. A very powerful past we learn is from Jack Ma. His inspiring story of failures and rejection compels people to believe in the hope of success. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, he failed so many times and then he got rejected so many times, but yet he can be successful. So so it 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 brings the hope to people that success is possible. So you have to go really down to, you know, um, face-to-face with your past. I always always hear this, um, people often say, you know, this saying of, you know, forget your past and move on. But my principle is don't forget your past. Use your past and, you know, and, and, and start from there to tell people how much you have been transformed, how much you have, how far you have came, you know. So the second P is your power. So your past, recognizing your past, tell the story of your past, and then now tell the story of how you have breakthrough and transformed from your past the power that you possess. Mm-hmm. So I have a very uh, inspiring past where I am actually a, uh, a child abuse survivor for, for you know, I, I, I was going through abuse for a whole good 19 years of my of my life hmm. and at the age of 19 i couldn't take the beating anymore and i bought a, a one-way ticket from puduraya i was born and bred, bred in kale and I, I i bought that one one-way ticket to penang and i ran away from penang that that was my past even though my past was, was very painful and in many ways very shameful but it made me who I am today and today this is my power and I want to share the story of my breakthrough to people giving hope to them that your past do not define who you are mm. right mm-hmm. so so this recognizing and embracing your past will lead you to sharing your power mm-hmm. the third P is your purpose who you are created to do what you are meant to do why you are here on earth for Mm-hmm. Purpose, recognizing past power and purpose is actually your personal success, your personal breakthrough, or your private success. Now, the last three P's are personality. It is public success, personality, your brand positioning, and also your target people that you want to reach out to. That is public success. So, if you're able to to curate a powerful a blueprint of this 6P, I'm sure you're heading the right way with right. your image branding and personal branding. So private success, first three Ps, past, power, purpose. Public yes. success is personality, positioning and? People. People. All right. Fantastic. Yeah. Unfortunately, that is all the time that we have for today's chat. But thank you so much to Elizabeth for sharing with us uh, all about the power of image branding. Yes, and I hope that you know those uh, uh, listeners out there. You you want to maximize your purpose. You want to maximize your potential. Work on these six key strategies. And if you want to know more, hit me up on my social media, Elizabeth Image Branding or Elizabeth Hope. I'm always there to answer to your questions. 
fantastic. You've been listening to Raise Your Game. I'm Christine Wong and I've been speaking to Elizabeth Hoare, who is an image brand strategist and founder and CEO of Elizabeth Image Branding PLT, all about the power of image branding. If you have missed any of today's chat, you can go ahead and download our app that's available on the Apple App Store and Google Play. You can also head over to our website, bfm.my, to listen back to our podcast as well. You're listening to BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.